On today's Locked On Jayhawks, we preview KU's first game of the season against Tennessee Tech. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Mondays through Fridays from 3 to 6 on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. On today's edition of Locked On Jayhawks, we preview KU's first game of the season. Later today, taking on Tennessee Tech Friday night, early season showdown for KU. They are heavy favorites in this game. We're going to talk about it coming up here in just a moment. Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're going to have a kind of betting preview segment coming up later in the show here. But let's start with just an early deep dive on Tennessee Tech. They're a team that was not very good last year. 3-8 and eight a season ago. Just 1-5 out of the Ohio Valley in the FCS. And... You do some research on what are the best, what are the worst conferences in the FCS. Just to give you an example, you know, the Missouri Valley is always one. that They're kind of like the SEC of the FCS. You heard last year Lance Leipold kind of talk about, well, I don't love that we're playing a Missouri Valley team to open up the season. You have your North Dakota States, North Dakota South, like all the Dakota schools just do really well. It's just a tough conference to play. Even the Indiana States we've seen like challenge KU. So you get away from that. And instead of being against one of the best FCS conferences, the Ohio Valley is one of the bottom few conferences in FCS football. And this team went 1-5 and five in that conference, 3-8 and eight overall. Now their head coach's best season was a 6-6 six and six year in 2019. It's been several years removed from that. Point being, this is not a program that feels like, like even with Nichols State when KU played them, that was like a program where it was on the rise and it eventually was having that uh, attempt to have the breakout season when they played KU. That doesn't really feel like the case here. Now, I don't know if this one feels exactly like when KU played Rhode Island back in 2016 and just beat the brakes off of them, because that was maybe the worst team in the FCS. I don't think Tennessee Tech is the worst team in the FCS, but they're far from being the best. They're far from being ranked. They're far from being in a situation where they're going to be receiving votes. And that counts for something here for KU, and is part of the reason why the Jayhawks are favored by so much in this game. Tennessee Tech is not an explosive offense. Last season, they only crossed the 28 or got to 28 points twice on the season. But they're a team that plays ball control offense. They run the ball a lot. And they're a team that is going to rely on a good running back. They have a good receiver as well. And their quarterback is interesting. A transfer over from Memphis, who was previously the Ohio Valley Offensive Player of the Year when he was at Austin P. before moving up to Memphis and now coming back to the conference with Tennessee Tech. So they have some interesting skill players, and they, they were a pretty solid running team from a season ago. Defensively, they're a team that doesn't really jump off the page uh, again in, in terms of any skill level. They have a couple good players, like they got a good linebacker and you know, an all-conference pick and stuff. But, like, this is going to be more about KU than it is what Tennessee Tech does. It just is. If KU plays their game, KU plays their B game, they should be able to beat Tennessee Tech. Where you get into trouble is KU making mental mistakes, not doing a good good enough job getting a surge on both the offensive and defensive lines. You have some turnover issues along the way. Uh, Maybe a special teams gaffe or, or giving up a kick return touchdown. And that's how you wind up in a dangerous game 
against this Tennessee Tech team. But I think this is probably going to be a lot different than what we saw last season. With the South Dakota game, you were going into a game where the coaching staff had just taken over. They didn't have spring ball with the team. And it was a little tougher to have a game plan week going into it, and it was more just about, hey, we need an extra week of evaluation and figuring out who these guys are and and what we need to do. You didn't have that time. And then you play a South Dakota team that ended up being pretty good last year in the FCS. Again, is a Missouri Valley team, like a near top 25 team in the FCS, just better than this Tennessee Tech team was. Not only is this team worse than that South Dakota team in terms of Tennessee Tech, this KU team is better than they were last season. And that was also the first iteration of Kansas, which that was probably the worst version of Kansas last season. So they should be, you know, light years better than they were a season ago. So just those alone. But then you add in that, yeah, they actually did have a spring practice. Yeah, they actually have been able to maybe do a more routine game week and preparation for this game. Kansas shouldn't have any similar troubles to South Dakota. I mean, think about the South Dakota game. Like, you look back now and you go, ah, Kansas squeaked one away. You realize how close that thing got to KU losing that game and them being 1-11 last season? I mean, they had a fourth down on the drive that they were down 14-10 to that they had to convert, and they did, before eventually getting the touchdown. I believe it was to LJ Arnold from Jason Bean to finish things off. I, I think in there, too, like KU was going to face like a long third down or something, and there was kind of a borderline call that went KU's way on a late hit of Jason Bean. They had to have a couple things go their way to win that game. I, I don't think we're going to be in that situation for this one at all, where it's, uh, we'll see. And and I think the line is a little indicative of that. That one, KU was around like a 10, 11-point favorite, something like that, going into the game. This one being around 28 to 30 points is clearly indicative of what the odds makers think about this matchup as opposed to that one but it's certainly one at the same point in time that you can't afford to mess around because if you have a a slow performance if you have a bad performance in this one a lot of that momentum that it feels like you've built from the end of last year and into the offseason it's going to feel a little bit pushed back into place i'm not saying you got to go out there and win by 50 points just don't have it be the Indiana State game where you need to fend off a late drive to win the game. Don't have it be the South Dakota game where you needed a late drive to go score points. Be a comfortable win. You don't have to cover the spread. It could be 35-14. Do enough. Look good enough. Be solid enough. Never really have it be in worry. Never really have it be in doubt to where we're not having those questions. Because as we were talking about with Scott Chasen earlier this week, the biggest takeaway you can have from this game isn't, oh, Kansas won 56-7, they're clearly an elite team, they've got everything figured out, they're going bowling this year. No, they win 56-7, that's great. You'd rather have that than not. And there will be a lot of individual players, there will be be a lot of individual things that happen in the game if that score were to come true. That would make you feel good about where the team's at this year. But at the end of the day, you would still be going, but does that change how I feel about the West Virginia game. Does it all of a sudden make me think KU is going to be favored against West Virginia or against Houston or one of these early games? No, no, it doesn't. The one thing that can change that is a loss because if you lose, then it's like, oh, here we go again. And that's all you're trying to avoid. Don't fall back into that pit of despair that you've been with past coaches. David Beatty losing to South Dakota State and Nichols State. Um, Turner Gale losing to North Dakota State. So 
there's a lot of importance on this game because it it's supposed to represent this year growth from last year to this year because there's so many reasons why there should be growth. So a lot of pressure is on KU from that standpoint, but I think they should be okay. I want to break up some of the more individual things that could go well for KU in this game, players that maybe stand out as as being guys that we're interested in seeing, as well as guys who could maybe go off in the action against Tennessee Tech. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. So from what we know about Tennessee Tech, again, on the offensive side, good quarterback, receiver, running back, but they want to be a run-first team. So a couple things there. One, especially for KU, if their running game is working, this is going to be run versus run. What does that tell me? It tells me that you're going to have two teams playing a lower possession game. It tells me that the score will probably be a little bit lower there. It also tells me that this is a great challenge. I don't know, great might be too much. But this is this is a good challenge for an FCS opponent for what you're trying to overhaul from last year to this year. Kansas allowed over six yards per carry last season. They were worst in the Power Five. They were one of the worst in the country. They were by far worst in the Big 12 at giving up over six yards per carry. Point blank, they were a bad defense, and the run defense was the main culprit of all of that. Constantly, other teams in second down and two, second and three, second and four, it's going to be hard to have your full disposal of playbook as a defense if you're not in third and mediums, third and longs, or even in second and mediums and second and longs, right? That's the challenge for KU in this one. You're facing a team that likes to run the ball, that wants to run the ball down your throat. Let's see how changed this defense is for KU. The linebacking core looks a lot better on paper. You bring in those transfers, Craig Young, Eric Gilliard, Lorenzo McCaskill. In the case of Gilliard and McCaskill, not listed as starters, but they're both going to play. Craig Young's listed as North, Gavin Potter. He's still going to play. And even then, the returning guys with Potter, with Rich Miller, with Taiwan Berryhill. We've heard a lot about those guys either improving last season, improving this season in camp, taking that competition and allowing it to make them better players. Let's see it on the field. Let's see if it leads to being a better run defense. Even in the South Dakota game, you only gave up 14 points. That ended up not being very indicative for what the team would be because he gave up over 40 for the year. There were a couple times, especially in the second half, South Dakota really started to open up lanes and open up holes in the running game in that second half of that game after being pretty stifled in the first half. And maybe that should have been our first indication of, yeah, this run defense might struggle a little bit. So you don't want to see any of that. You don't want to see moments where you go, man, they just road-graded KU on that play and picked up a 20-yard run. I could have ran through that hole. That's a bad sign for future competition with bigger, better, stronger athletes. But you do have that opportunity because of that if you're Kansas and you have an experienced front four as well to go with those those linebackers. That if you are so improved, let's see it against a team who does like to run the ball. And that should be good practice for Kansas. It's something that they're trying to get a lot better at. So that's the first thing that kind of jumps out on the page to me. The other thing is that this is a Tennessee Tech defense that likes to try to stop the run. On the other way, 
which is interesting. KU's going to want to run the ball. They talk about being multiple, and they will and everything. But last season, they led the Ohio Valley in run defense. And we saw it in the South Dakota game last year. KU wasn't getting a push from the offensive line. It took till late in the season for the offensive line to find their chemistry together and start getting a push forward. How much of that was just getting to know the scheme? How much of that was getting to know each other? How much of that was just it takes time for the offensive line to mesh any season? I don't know. But if it's the third one, then you might not have as much push as you wanted against a good run defense. Are you going to be set up in third down and longs? And then there's going to be a a big weight on the shoulder of Jalen Daniels. So we'll get to see a, a good amount from him in some tough situations. But you want to be a team that has success running the ball, especially with your bread and butter wide zone scheme. You're facing a, a good defense. So again, the athletes aren't the same as all the other teams you're going to be playing. They're not power five level. Obviously, there's a few players who are, are really good. In terms of just what they want to do, what they do well, though, with running the ball and stopping the run, that's perfect for Kansas in this first game from the standpoint of, well, it's not perfect from a matchup standpoint because what we saw last year, but it's perfect because those are the things you're trying to do a lot better this season and you're trying to get practice against. Winning the game is the most important part here, but outside of that, it is getting those reps. It is getting that practice. And that's key for KU, but it'll certainly make it for maybe a little bit tougher of a matchup for KU, even though team-wise they should have a pretty, I don't know, like athletes-wise they're going to have the best athletes all over the field, right? Like, if you take any of these players on KU, hypothetically, they should be able to go Tennessee Tech and be one of their star players. Any of these players in the two deep, right? At the very least, the starters. As far as players who stick out to me as guys that I'm interested to see or guys that I think could have huge games, I think Lonnie Phelps is someone I'm really excited to see on the field. And it won't answer all the questions about how is he going to play up from Miami of Ohio to this game because it's not against Power 5 or Big 12 competition. But let's see it on the field because we haven't seen it with our own eyes and everything. Craig Young is the one that I am really excited to see on the field. We hear so much about his athleticism. Let's see how it translates into on the field, or is it going to be a situation where maybe you're more of a deer in the headlights during the game and and you're unable to to use that athleticism? I think he's going to have a couple big plays where you're like, wow, that was you know crazy track down or whatever it is. From the offensive side of the ball, I really want to see Quentin Skinner. Talking about a guy who grew three inches from when he graduated high school to where he is now. Gained 30 pounds from where he graduated high school to where he is now. Still kind of a a skinny guy. His last name is Skinner. He's 190 pounds at 6'5". Really good straight line speed, though. One of the fastest guys on the team. He was a high jumper in high school. You combine the high jumping athleticism with being 6'5", Being a receiver, catch some jump balls, especially on a deep ball where you have the ability to get downfield with your speed, that's a good combination to have. And then it's, I I think Luke Grimm's going to have a big game. He's listed as your starting punt returner. He's listed as your second kick returner, listed as your starting slot guy. We've seen the combination between Daniels and Luke Grimm work really well in the past for KU. He's the guy I'm circling that I think is going to have a really big season this year at the receiver position, and I think it starts right away on night one. I really look to the offensive line, too, and it's not really one guy in general. It's just, are you getting a push forward? It's a little harder to pay attention to 
especially on like passing plays where you're looking downfield and looking who's open, looking at the throw. But you can especially tell on the running plays if they got a push or not. That's what I'm looking for. And then the, the tight end position. I just want to see certain position battles. Is Mason Fairchild really going to be the number one? Are Cardell and Jared Casey going to have opportunities to surpass him? What about the Craig Young, Gavin Potter thing? What about O.J. Burroughs and Marvin Grant? All those position battles are going to be really interesting. But yeah, if I'm going with biggest players to watch for me, it's probably Luke Grimm and Quentin Skinner. I mean, obviously you'd say Jalen Daniels, but I just expect him to have a good game. Obviously you'd say Devin Neal or any of the running backs. I just expect all of them to have a good game. Lonnie Phelps and Craig Young. Did I just pick four? I think I did. I can't count, apparently. In just a moment, we're going to get on to our betting lines and take a look at the betting side of things for the KU football game against Tennessee Tech on the other side. You're listening to Locked on Jayhawks. As of right now, line has not been released for the KU-Tennessee Tech game on Bet Online. I've seen it some other places at around 28 to 30 points. If that pops up, I don't think I'm courageous enough to take KU there. That is a lot of points to give up. But here's the bet that I do like in the KU game, if the line should pop up at Bet Online, The under of the game. Tennessee Tech runs the ball a lot. They want to slow it down. They want to make it a lower possession game. Kansas wants to run the ball a lot. You could just have a faster-moving game. Kansas could put up 35 points, and Tennessee Tech could put up 14. You have a total of 49. The over-under, from what I've seen at some other places, is around 52, something like that. I kind of like the under. Now, where you do get in a little bit of trouble there is if Kansas does cover the like 28 or 30 points, that probably means they scored a lot of points, which probably means you would go over. I just think I like the under because I, I think it will be a lower-scoring game with lesser possessions in that way, and I think KU is really going to devote a lot to stopping the run, so Tennessee Tech's going to run it, but it might not be as effective. They might not move the ball as well, even though it's going to keep running the clock. And then KU, we know, is going to want to run the ball a lot. I don't think they're going to want to give away a lot offensively with the West Virginia game on tab for Week 2 that – you don't want to give up too much of the playbook, and ideally you have to be up by a certain amount that you don't have to worry about showing too much and, and needing it to kind of win the game. That's why that would be my favorite there. What about the season long, though? Over on Bet Online, you can get the over-under win total for Kansas at 2.5. They opened up at 1 in 2021, worked their way up to 1.5, Got the over last year on the Texas game after, for a little, it seemed like it would never happen. And now the win total up to two and a half. I'm liking the over, but it's putting a lot of pressure on, I guess, this game. It just feels like you should win, so I don't know how much pressure there is. It puts a lot of pressure on the Duke game. If you lose the Duke game and you win this one, that means to get the over, you're going to have to win essentially two Big 12 games. Houston, just counting it as a Big 12 game, because that's where they'll be uh, in the conference next year. That puts a lot of pressure there. So that's a little bit scary. But honestly, as I've kind of mapped out like what the win total for KU could be this year, three is the number I'm sitting on. I think the second most likely is four. I think the third most likely is two. So I like the over in that regard. The last line from Bet Online that I want to take note of here is odds to win the Big 12. Not going to be courageous enough to take KU at 250-1. to one. If you want to throw a few bucks on it, and, uh, I don't know, I've, I've thrown two bucks on 
worse stuff before, right? But how about looking at who's going to win the Big 12? Oklahoma's the favorite at plus 220, Texas at plus 275. You have Oklahoma State at plus 550, Baylor at plus 600, K-State at 8 to 1, TCU at 10 to 1, West Virginia at 18 to 1, Iowa State at 20 to 1, Texas Tech at 50 to 1. The ones that stick out to me, Kansas State is everyone's dark horse right now. That scares me when everybody's picking the dark horse. Are they no longer the dark horse there? And the fact that they have kind of similar odds to Baylor, I think I'd rather just take Baylor there. But I'm also a little lower on Baylor this year. I still think they can make the Big 12 title. It's just they had so many close games go their way last year. Like the Iowa State game last year, Baylor was out yarded by like 200 yards against Iowa State. And they made a stop on a two-point conversion to secure the win against the Cyclones. I think Iowa State's going to have a bounce back here. I like that at 20-1 to just for the odds. But in terms of who I actually think is going to win the conference, I'm going with OU at plus 220. Not going to be too adventurous there. But hey, like I said, throw a few bucks on KU at plus 250, or, or plus, I should say, 25,000 for 250 to 1 odds over a bet online. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. If you have anything you'd like for the show to talk about or want to follow along in the action, you can reach out at D Johnson Radio on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you're getting all the latest with Locked On Jayhawks. That'll do it for today's episode. We will have a reaction episode to whatever happens in the first KU football game of the season coming up next week. We'll have more with Nick Schwartz, more with Scott Chasen. Be on the lookout for that. Uh, I don't know if the next episode is going to come out Monday or Tuesday with Labor Day and whatnot, but. If you're subscribed, you'll see it whenever it does come out. Have a good rest of your day. I'll see some of you on Rock Chalk Sports Talk to further preview the game later today. I'm going to be doing a the last hour, essentially, of the show with Scott Chasen live at Big Mill. So swing by. We're going to have some T-shirts and all sorts of goodies to give away. Have a good one. Talk to you later.